Kootenai Lives, presented by Live Kootenays. Same words, but in reverse order. Different meaning. Kootenai Lives, exploring the diverse people of the incredible Kootenays of British Columbia. Welcome to the first ever episode of Kootenai Lives. I'm the host, Tim. On this episode, I am joined by Kim Mamos, proprietor of the Humble Bean Coffee Shop in Castlegar. The Humble Bean is more than just a coffee shop. And recently, a lot of downtown locals in Castlegar experienced a slight trauma when we all heard that the Humble Bean was closing the doors at that location due to rising rents and let's say the word out loud, greed. Kim was one of the first people that I met when I moved to the Kootenays. And she embodied everything I had hoped the Kootenays would be. Kind, humble, funny, tough, and honest. The shop itself was one of the most comfortable and unpretentious environs a person could sip and sit in. You could bring your laptop, bring your books, bring your friend, bring your uncle, bring your interviewee, bring your child, bring your crayons, bring your hunger, bring your thirst, bring your brain, Bring your tears. Bring your silence. Bring your... Oh, hello. That's a nice costume. Oh, this isn't a costume. This is my llama. Oh, wow. Hello, llama. Come on, dog. I mean, llama, say hello to the nice lady. Moo. She's actually my service animal and comforter. That is wonderful. What are you having today? Well, I'll have an Americano. My llama, who doesn't have any money, would also like one. Okay, are you paying for your llama? No! I am not paying for Doug the Llama's Americano. Oh, well then, I'm afraid... Moo! 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 Is your llama okay? He... she just needs a coffee is all. Or she's likely to poop. Well, you know what? Let's just put some coffee in a dish for you. Moo! He'd like a to-go mug. Well, how is a llama going? <laughs> you know what? Let's just get you a to-go cup. Yes! Moo! Oh, moo! I told you this coffee shop was really, 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 really... A heads up, this sound on this podcast, the first one, is a work in progress. I got a new little board here. One mic's working well, the other one, well, it's not that good. Please bear with me. It might just need a few more hugs. Let's jump right in. With Kim. My grandfather's basement had every type of animal you could think of on the wall. From porcupines to squirrels to deer to bear. There was every type of animal. And he was incredibly proud of it. Now it's very different if you use it for food. Um, I love when people go hunting and eat um, and use what they kill. It's better for the animal. It's better for the environment. It's just better all the way around. But when you do it for sport, when you do it for the sheer love of killing something, that's where there's no muddy water. That's just um, sad. Um, and I don't know where my grandpa stood. Um, he died before 
I had the mental capacity to understand. I just knew that I didn't like being in the basement. Um, because those weren't like my stuffed animals and Care Bears. Um, <laughs> Bring the buffalo down. <laughs> yeah, that was, for me, it was, it, yeah, it, it never felt quite right. Um, but you have to picture like a dark, smoky basement with a giant bar and a billiards and, you know, all yeah. of the all of the old school boys club thing. He had it. That's funny. It was different. Yeah, I grew up with kind of like that too. And then you compare it to like those movies, like with Ice T, where they hunt humans, hunt humans, and we look at that appalled, <laughs> right? We watch it. Who would ever do that? But then you see, which species is the meanest? Which has the most cruelty? Why don't we hunt them? Let's find the ones that. Are <laughs> <laughs> well, and we make movies about it, right? Like if you just watch The Hunger Games. Yeah. And it was number one for a long time because we're fascinated by that stuff and yeah. um, that in itself, right? When there's so many other things we could be putting our efforts and time into. All right, so we're going to talk about gratitude today. Yeah, we're going to talk about gratitude. All right, cool. So Kim, humble bean, we're sitting in an empty OG mm-hmm. humble bean yep. in Castlegar. Eleven twenty-five on the door. And paper covering it. You know, I'm going to read the. You have a post out front. A little note. Can I read it? You yeah. Want me to read it? Go for it. Time for change. Sticky notes, it says. The humble bean coffee co. is going. I should make this bigger so I can read it. Is going to make some exciting changes in the coming year. Our Nelson location will stay unchanged. Two other Castle Guard locations are underway. Currently, our downtown flagship cafe needs to relocate in the new year. December 25th, we'll close this location at noon. That's dramatic. I like that. Our rent has more than doubled since we opened the doors, and our current landlord has insisted on a 41% increase and a clause which was also added stating we would no longer own our equipment. We know how many people are struggling and have made the hard decision not to raise our prices but instead to find a more suitable long-term solution so that everyone can afford to enjoy humble. Nobody likes change that so is necessary to, in order for us to keep our values. Let's get excited and look forward to the future because old keys don't unlock new doors. So I came, when I came here, I just wanted to look. <laughs> I was gone and I had nowhere to go. And then the last few days I was sitting here typing away. I had people who I've seen in here and never talked to come up to me and say, what are we going to do now? That's what they said. What are we going to do now? It is definitely a community-driven atmosphere, and that is what has made us so successful, and I can't be more grateful for that. Um, I can say that everyone will survive the three weeks until (laughs) we uh, open our next location. Nobody's going to die, I promise. Um, We had outgrown this space. Um, We learned a lot during the five years that we were here. And we've seen how we can do better in terms of how we allocate our space, where we put things. And so I feel like the next humble, based on what we've learned, 
will just be magical. And it's going to take us some time to get our downtown flagship up and running, but we have um, uh, one that will open at the airport in three weeks and everybody can have their coffee and we're going to do retail there and it'll be good. And then we've got a, a second surprise location that's going to be really cool. There's going to be some alcohol there. Um, there's going to be some pizza, Firestone oven. Um, we're going to be able to do breakfast sandwiches. So we're getting ready for that. We're still keeping that one a little more under wraps. And then we're working on our downtown flagship. And we, we know everybody wants us uptown. We know how many offers um, are coming in on a weekly basis. But right now, we want to concentrate on downtown. And at some point, we will find a little small way to do something uptown. We're just not there yet. Um, but I think in terms of gratitude, we've had such a, a reach out from this community, from the city, from council, from just the community in general. And that has given us a solid foundation to know that we're doing it right because you question yourself, especially when things aren't going as expected. You, your first reaction is, what have I done? Where does this go? And then you watch, and the big one was our staff. Um, each and every one of them were given six months notice of this is what's happening. We don't have a plan yet and nobody left nobody looked for another job um, they waited and sat with us and what do you need and how can we help and as things were coming to a close and we were making plans to make sure that our people were going to be okay they were more concerned about mike and i and making sure we got our trip to mexico and got some time off and I felt like that's when you know you've done it right. Mm -hmm. They felt empowered. <clears throat> they felt like they had decisions and choices. And they felt good about staying with us. And will continue to do so. And I, I just feel like that can't be a bad thing. No. I think it's a great thing. We moved here three, just over three years ago. This first day we were here, I came here and walked in, and you said something like, Hey, what are you doing? And I, <laughs> like, it was just like, oh. you know, and I felt like I could wear whatever I wanted in here. It says right on the door, you're safe here. You wear whatever you want, stay as long as you want. Say, like, just be kind to other people, and you're fully in. So I went home and told my wife, I'm like, It's going to be fine here. I There's a coffee shop right up the road, and she's rad. She's like, okay, okay. It was kind of relieving. And then we realized Marie Castle So it was like an up and down. But we knew this place was here. That's so important and, and makes me emotional um, because you just described the exact feeling that I want for people. Mm. Always. And you did it. My sister comes here sometimes, once a year. And she says, oh, I'm going to the coffee shop. When she first got here, I'm like, you should go to the coffee shop because she's an artist. I'm like, that's an environment where you can feel like you can think. So she came here, and she came back and said, "This is that's the best coffee shop I've ever been to. And she goes to coffee shops. 
Like she's a coffee addict. Addict. <laughs> Coffee I, shop addict. I love she lives it. in Grand Prairie, so let's put that in context. But, <laughs> <laughs> but she does travel, and she says this is the best one she's ever been to. And I'm like, and I started thinking about that ever since. And I'm like, what makes it so good? What made it so good? Is it the light fixtures? Is it the tables? No, it's not. It's like what you described with your staff. It comes from you and Mike, and then it permeates all the way down to... You don't even have to look at the staff coming in. You don't have to be nice, but you will. Be nice, but you know where your seat is going to be if you can find it, right? And then, yeah, you know how you're gonna you you know you're safe here, and like that's the I don't like that word safe, but you know you're you can create. You, you know you're valued. Yeah, right. You know you're valued, and you know you're solid, which is super super important. Mm-hmm. We had this guy fly out from New York to come visit us. He opened a coffee shop uh, on the subway in New York. In the mornings, it's a cafe. In the evenings, it's a bar. And he was in Canada for something else, but he drove down based on our Google reviews to see what the hell we were doing. Um, And our first interaction was actually not the greatest. Oh, yeah? Um, uh, He came down and asked questions that I felt like were judgy and egotistical and arrogant. And it turns out that was just him trying to gather information. Um, so it, uh, it took a little while for me to lighten up a little bit and remove some of my defenses. Um, but it was a really cool thing that, um, he's super successful now and, um, doing really well in New York. But the thought that he would take this little coffee shop from Castlegar and, and do a side trip just to see... Yeah. what we were about and why it was working and a lot of it like the artists are crazy and cool and because I'm not I'm not an artist I don't have the ability to design or draw or sing or dance like none of those things come naturally to me which is why I'm drawn to them to have mm. them around me we had an artist Laura she's the local librarian and she used to come in in the evenings and paint she always looked super, super relaxed. And I was like, oh, I want that feeling. So I went out and I bought all of the art supplies. We're talking hundreds of dollars worth of art supplies. And I was like, I'm going to I'm gonna get this feeling. And I'd watched her make, that actually is her piece right there. Oh, yeah. Um, I'd watched her make multiple um, pieces. So I understood the process. You start with a pencil and then you do this and then you do that. And I phoned her about halfway through, and I'm like, when does this become relaxing? (laughs) And she was like, well, right at the beginning. I'm like, no, I've hated every step of this. Like, I've hated it with everything in me. And she was like, well, then I don't think art is for you. And I was like, oh. So I've got this one little painting of a sailboat, and it's not good. Um, But I keep it. And it was up for a while in the back as a reminder to do what you love. Because I put easily 16 hours into this painting. And at no point did I enjoy (laughs) any part of it. (laughs) I don't feel like my dad, he's an artist. My sister's an artist. They're all artists, my my sisters. And I was drawing this deer once. I was 13. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to show them I can do it too, right? (laughs) I'm drawing this deer as hard as I could. I'm just drawing this deer, and the same as you. I'm like, oh, how do they like this? That lines aren't right. I'm just lined up. And then I showed my dad. He's like, that's pretty good. That's what he said. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. 
And I'm like, oh, phew. And it was like two things. I don't want to do it. Never again. I didn't enjoy it. That's for someone else. And I'm not good enough. I, I took the wrong part of that part, too. Yeah. I'm not good enough. You just find your own art, right? Well, the, different only, the only way to become good at something is to do it <clears throat> over and over and over and over again. So, like... Yeah. Yeah. If you don't like it. Yeah. Then you can still be good at it. You can force yourself to do it over and over and over and over again. That's a lot of people with their jobs, right? They might be great at it because they've done it every day for 20 years, but they don't like it. And that's a huge thing, right? But anybody can be good at something with practice. But why bother if, mm. if you're just going to hate it? But that's why. Why bother? Right? Oh. But that's why I like. Put that on the poster. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> you're safe here. If you don't like it, why bother? Yeah. <laughs> I like that, actually. Um, That's a nice way of saying it. If you don't like it, well, fuck it. Yeah. If, well, if you don't like it, don't bother. Yeah. Why bother? That's a good, it's a question. And I feel like being, like, genuinely honest, because you're not going to get along with everybody. And it's easier to be like, hey, we don't mesh. This isn't the right coffee shop for you. Um than to have like a bad vibe mm -hmm. and one bitchy or rude person can wreck your day mm -hmm. so why have it happen over and over and over again because then if, I, if I've had a bad interaction then I'm irritable for the next three hours which means everybody that I come into contact with isn't getting my best self and that goes for anybody that you come into contact with. And so nobody deserves that. So it's, again, like you surround yourself with people that are going to make you happy or force you to do better, and you're going to do good. Um, if you go the opposite, then you're just going to have a bad life. <laughs> a bad life. Really? You surround yourself with people that don't inspire you or get you to do better. Because people aren't genuinely, genu generally, intentionally bad. No. Um, no, no ever. They've usually got good intentions, but their, you know, goals might not line up with yours. Their reasons might not line up with yours. Like, we don't want to be fast. We want to be good. So you're better to go to, like, a drive through if you're in a hurry for something. Um we're going to do it as we can, when we can. And, I mean, you've been here when, you know, the wait on food is 20 minutes, but you're getting an organic, solid wrap. Yeah. Um, and if you were in a hurry, you would not walk into Humble. No. Well, then, that, that comes with gratitude as well. Like, when I walk in here, I don't expect. Like, I'm not on my way somewhere. I'm, way, I'm on my way here. Yeah. So as long as it takes, I don't care. Which but you get used to it. That's what, you, it's what I want in a coffee shop. If I'm going to go in a coffee shop, I have time. If I want yeah, you said it exactly right. Go through a drive-thru. They practice being fast. Well, and that is like... Um, they should have a big spoon at drive-thrus <laughs> and someone's like, I need noodles. Just right. chucking at you. <laughs> put it in your mouth it saves you a whole step of putting your own spoon in the first time i went to europe and i ordered a coffee i got an americano 
and there was no such thing as refills there. No. And there's no to go. Like you sit down and you enjoy it. And I was probably in my early 20s and I didn't understand. Um, I felt like I had things to do and places to go. And it was, I'd gone to visit my old boss. He'd moved back there. And he was like, no, you're going to sit down. You're shut up. You're going to have your pastry and you're going to enjoy your coffee. This is what it's supposed to be. And then when you're ready, you're going to get up and leave and you're going to do the things that you're supposed to do. And you're going to find that doing the things that you were supposed to do, you're going to do better because you took a second. And so bit by bit, and it probably took 10 years to really get that. I don't multitask well. I do really well at focusing on one thing and finishing that and then moving on to the next task or setting it aside completely and starting another task. But I cannot do both things and do it well. And as it turns out, that goes down to drinking coffee and and, oh, yeah. and eating. If I'm trying to drink my coffee and write a report and have my lunch at the same time, my report's not going to be as good as it would be if I'd had my coffee and my lunch, and then I sat down to do my report. Nor have I enjoyed the coffee and my lunch as much as I would have. So you're taking breaks. You're taking breaks. And I try to take a break every hour and a half. And I'm not a good person when I'm hungry. No. I don't think anyone is. That's why we kill each other. (laughs) It's part of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny that you're saying that, because... We're we're not. We find that we're not we're not really geared to take breaks anymore. You're not. It's not. Um, it's not common valued. practice. It's not. What is the word that I'm looking for? I can't. Like it's not admired. You're taking a break. Like what do you tell people? Well, our staff they have no choice, and they're not allowed to eat through or to work through their their breaks. They're not allowed to do stuff. Um, I will forcibly remove them. Our manager, Sally, is the best case scenario. And I have to threaten her to take breaks. And the way to do that um, is through sheer guilt. Uh, (laughs) (coughs) Sally, nobody else gets to take their break until you've taken yours. So you're stopping everybody else from eating. Um, And so slowly and surely... um, you know, we just do shaming and guilt to get our way. Um, but it's, that is how you're your best self. And we want people at their best selves. One more thing I noticed when I came in here was like all these old cameras. Right? Yeah, I got a thing for those. Yeah, old cameras, yeah. They're beautiful. We packed up 600. <laughs> oh, 600 old cameras. Yeah. Yeah, I looked in. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a, like a huge camera fan, but I get old cameras too, and I like looking at them and feeling them. What, what do you think that does to somebody? Because it did something to me, but I just can't put it into words. Like I come in here and I see all these old cameras. I don't want to see them all, right? I don't want to take them all down. I'm not a photographer. But what do you think it did to me? What do you think that did to me? And what does it do to other people to see these amazing old cameras? It reminds you that everything is built on something. So we have the earliest cameras and we've got some of the newer cameras out and it's a reminder of progression. So 
We started here with eight cameras. I had eight cameras out and I liked them. Um, one was Mike's grandpa, a couple I had collected, I'd found. And again, our community is amazing. Oh, you like cameras? That's what I said to you. you cameras? I got some cameras. Yeah. <laughs> so we have uh, most of BC's cameras now, every shape and size. Um, and I've had the opportunity to play with them and go into dark rooms. And um, somebody dropped off just beyond a, an amount of film. Um, so you're an artist. Uh, you are an artist. <laughs> I'm a technical artist. <laughs> So um, we just kept finding ways to display them. And I've got a really good plan for Humble 2.0 um, yeah. for the cameras. It was also interesting because having all the cameras out, um, everybody wondered which ones were secret cameras and hidden cameras. And um, that, oh. made me, that made me laugh because it kept the shady people out. I never would have thought of that. We did not have theft. We've had two pieces in five years go missing, and I'm pretty sure we just probably forgot to write them on the thing. Um, so, so people thought there were hidden cameras in if, the cameras. If you're sketchy and that's what you're looking for, then you assume that other people are sketchy, and so they didn't huh. want to be caught on camera. Um, and if you're not a sketchy person, then you see it as a cool history thing. And like, as we're sitting here with this new, like you've got this really cool laptop and all this cool equipment, um, if you can go back in history and see the original microphones that were used and the original mm. recording systems and things like that and slowly do the progression, then it's a reminder of how far you've come and how far there is to go. Because mic or microwaves, microphones um, will likely change in the next, you know, two years, and laptops are continuously changing. I just discovered that mine turns the other way, oh, wow. or slips apart, and is a touch screen. I had no idea. Mm. Um, I've had it for a year and a half, <laughs> and only when I thought I broke it did I realize yeah. that it also folds differently. Oh. So, like, you can bend it that way wonderful yeah um, discovery but technology is continuously changing right, right? and I'm, yeah. I'm hoping yeah. I'm hoping that soon I don't need to have a top of the line phone case because I can't seem to keep mine from gravity which is not my friend mm. but you're taking breaks now so you're going to drop things less I doubt it here's an idea I don't know are you going to have any live music at any of your so it has to depend on the space. So yeah. um, we tend to do everything very, very legally um, as opposed to just doing things. Interesting perspective. And <laughs> you mean in the Kootenays it can be. <laughs> um, but you actually need to do permits and things like that for most things. Right. Um, so in order to do that, we need to permit ourselves correctly. And... You need to soundproof. We've got really great neighbors here mm -hmm. who have never complained about our blenders or our grinders or the banging or the noise. They've been lovely to deal with. Um, but would I put them through an open mic night when right. they're trying to have a consultation with somebody? No. Mm -hmm. So it really is going to depend on the space um, and what that's going to look like. Right now, we throw our support to those artists through tail out 
because they do such a wicked job over there. Um, and they've got all types of different nights for different people. Um, so, you know, we, as opposed to doing it here, we send all of our artists there and then we take the credit for it. Right. So it works mm. out cool. Works out good for you. Yeah. And the owners aren't credit hogging. So we just take it and it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And the posters are all here. Yeah. Like you have the number one place to come check out the posters. Coffee Wait. shops are the best places. We've actually heard that from city officials. That oh, yeah. if they come here to see what's going on. If they want to know what's going on, they pop That's in That's what here. I was told about an event I did. Yeah. I went down to the police to get like, give them a heads up, and they said, oh, we saw your poster in Humble Bean. We already <laughs> know. I'm glad you came. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It really works. This is where people, this is traffic, high traffic area. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, I don't know. Um, we've also kept it very community oriented and not sales oriented, so that right. matters because mm -hmm. you don't have to dig through a whole bunch of you know stupid things. No, just put it up. I all was thinking right. that you could put all these cameras up right in a line on these shelves, aimed towards the performer. <clears> hey, <throat> eh? so there you go up there, and one of them actually is a camera, mm -hmm. streaming live. And you could help me figure out. But you now. never know which one. So it'll do something for the artist. You'll be like this. Oh, then finally you'll give up. Because that's what I want, a paranoid artist. You want paranoia. That sounds like a great give idea. Give extra coffee, too. <laughs> There's weed in the back. They grow it. <laughs> Triple guy just put it it's in the, the coffee. They don't actually grow. See, everything's just, legal around here. Just throw that's what she was alluding to, though. Just throw a little coke in there. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get rid of that paranoia here. Oh, yeah, I bet you. Cool. That's good, Kim. All right. I'm glad you're reopening so we have somewhere to go. I'm we. People I don't even know in me, but we say we know. That's the community. Yeah. That is, that's the, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters, right? Right. So if you have a space that has, a, can also accommodate, it's pretty free too. Let's just try to make it as free as we can. Yeah. And that can accommodate some open mics, just anything Kim wants to do. Then, yeah. It'll be good for the community. That said, I'm going to be really specific on what I'm looking for this go-round. <laughs> um, yeah. Good. I, I think I, you have to. I, I think you know what you, you want, right? I do. When you know what you want, why not be specific? It's like look, house hunting. I want I want three-bed bathrooms, but oh, look, this one only has one. Should we get it? <laughs> well, and you can always add a bathroom. Yeah, true enough. Right. Yeah, in your space, you can't really do much. Like, you... you a lot has to do with neighbors mm. and what people need and outdoor space and a patio and all of those fun things. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get it right. And wherever we go next, we're going to be there for 20, 25 years. So I don't like moving. Think of all the work we can get done. Other people <laughs> other and myself people. who like to tinkle on, on our laptops. Fair. Well, here's a toast to your new podcast. A toast to my last espresso in this humble bean location. And you're actually getting the very, very last one. Nico, the espresso medic, is here at 10 to take apart the machine. Wow. Yeah. He's never... Wow. Had. What should I do with the rest of this one, then? Save it? No. I should drink it. I think you should drink it. I think yeah. I've actually got time to make this, you one this more. This changed taste <laughs> as you said that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I could drink it like this. It, it's not going to disappear forever. 
did you know? Humming's good for your vagus nerve. Did you know that that machine is the one they use in the World Barista Championships? No way. Yeah. This mach- this particular one. Well, the this kind of the, one. The the yeah. This is the one. That's the one. That's what it tastes like. Yeah, World like Barista World Championship. Championship. <laughs> um, yeah, it's the San Remo. It's the best of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. And it's manual, which... It tastes European. It tastes European. The first one I had was in Germany, I think. Oh, the first good coffee. Though. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I can't wait to eat coffee. You guys have coffee? No. Well, what do you have? Espresso. And then it comes in a tiny cup. Right? Tiny little cup away if you only pick it up with your finger and your thumb. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, what a rip off. This is three euros? I'm like, oh, this is really good. It's I'll good. have more. I'll have another one. Oh, that'll be the same amount of money. Do you, do you know why they call it an Americano? No. So the American Americans go over for the war, and the coffee was too strong. The espressos were too strong. So they... The Europeans were making fun of them, and they were like, well, let's add water, and we'll call it the Americano. Um, I didn't know that. And that became a thing, yeah. Huh. And a macchiato is only a shot of espresso with a dollop of cream. Um, and in North America, we've ruined things. Mm. So here, when somebody says macchiato, I've got to ask them a bunch of questions, because I need to know... Like, where have you traveled? What they actually What's want. Your flavor? Well, yeah. sometimes they want an authentic macchiato, and we have a few people that really, really grasp that. And other times, you want a big caramel macchiato mm-hmm. with whipped cream, and those are really good too. Mm-hmm. Um, like in a, on a cold afternoon, that's my very favorite thing, or throwing oh, yeah. some chocolate, and life is good. Dessert in a cup. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, to order something here and to order something in Australia, you're going to get or North America versus Australia or Europe or whatever. Typically, you're going to get a very different thing. Um, there's a few cafes like us, Monogram in Calgary. Um, they're Been am- there. It's really good. They're amazing. People eh? go there. They, go- they don't say we're going to the coffee shop this morning. They say we're going to Monogram. Yeah. They came in number two um, in the Barista Championships. No way. Uh, World Barista Championships. And uh, they helped Stolen Church, who's where we get our coffee from, um, to set up. And when Mike and I went down for an Invermere coffee festival, um, the owner of Monogram was there. And he was so kind. And the, he was willing to teach knowing that he was going to get nothing out of it. So that's how we met him. And then we went to their flagship in Calgary. And I had to go home and change because I didn't feel like I was dressed appropriately um, to go for coffee <laughs> in Monogram. Um, yeah. What were you wearing? Um, Slacks. Yeah, it was not appropriate, mm. just period. I walked in and went, nope. Um, drove 20 oh, minutes. Yeah? yeah, I drove 20 minutes to get home changed because you know what i dress like here like i'm like hairbrush makeup nah um and so my sister-in-law whose um family is from australia uh was the person who took us on tours of all the roasters and things like that and had a list from calgary to vancouver on everywhere to try and what to do and what to look for but she had highly recommended um monogram as being 
some of the best. And so we went in and my coffee was served to me on a wooden board with a glass of water. And they also had um, a coffee bean plant um, on the wooden board that was served to me. And it was beautiful. Mm. It was a lovely atmosphere that um, Monogram has done so well that I wouldn't even attempt to replicate it. They've just got it down and it speaks volumes to the coffee culture for the people that are there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as long as the coffee's good, you don't really have to put it on wood. But that is with water too. Oh. A glass of water, water. The cappuccino was perfect. Um, like it was just, it was a perfect. Yeah, you have water available here for free. Yes, is, go do it yourself. Yeah, that is my attitude. Is you do it. It keeps and you keeps I'll me take, hydrated because I don't usually try to drink more water. Well, in the water. But to have it right there in your face, you're like, oh yeah. And I just drink coffee. It's good water. Um, like our filter system mm. is like six grand. And yeah, we always fill our water and take it home. Um, and so as we're gonna unplug everything, I'm like, well, where am I gonna get my water from? Because now I've turned into a water snob. Mm. Is that a thing? It is. Yeah. yeah. The water snob. Yeah. This whole tap water thing will be new to me. <laughs> How ridiculous. You'll be able to tell. You'll be able to tell what's in people's water, probably. Well, it's crazy. So my palate, um, we got the new machine. And I was like, no, something's wrong out of the left um, side. And so there was a call to Vancouver and then a call to North Carolina and then a call to Italy. And nobody could figure out what was going on. And I'm like, I'm telling you, it tastes different. And so it was two weeks of trial and error and we were just using the other side. And it turns out there was one grain of sand in the pipe that was slowing down the water flow, which changed the taste. Um, and you have to have serious mental issues to be able to taste that. The pee under the mattress. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, if you do the same thing every day, you know, over and over (laughs) and over again for 10 hours a day, Mm. um, that you just, yeah. But I had a lot of people going like, Kim, you're crazy. And in fairness, I am crazy. You could probably be a consultant. Yeah, I don't think I'd do that well. Well, you might just go in and say, something is wrong, bye-bye. I mean, I could do this that. This is good, bye-bye. I could do that. I don't enjoy listening to other people's plans, <laughs> right? It's like I couldn't be a realtor because I couldn't take somebody to 10 different houses. I'd be like, I don't fucking care which one you buy. Like, why, why do you need to see this for the third time? The walls are still going to be blue. Like, I just couldn't do it. Um, I don't think consulting's for me. I could see myself being quite fired quite quickly. <laughs> <laughs> or you'd have to really enjoy that stuff. You would have to. Yeah, yeah. which I do not, right? Like, and that'll, that'll bring a full circle to, if you don't like it, why bother? Mm-hmm. Mm. It would be an entertaining firing, though. I should do it once just to see what happens. Just try it. You're getting there. Give it (laughs) 10 more years and you can just try anything you want and get fired. Um, So a friend of mine who's a lawyer now started working at a McDonald's to see how long it would take him to get fired. 
So he ate somebody's French fry and then served it to them and he didn't get fired. And then he took out a pickle and ate it and served the burger, didn't get fired. Then a manager came and talked to him and then he started unwrapping them, taking a bite of the burger and saying, yeah, this tastes good. Um, it took an hour and a half for him to get fired, um, but it was part of him learning about people. Let's shut this off and make you one last Americano. Okay. I can do decaf if you want. Yeah, decaf. Okay, Let's cool. Let's sniff it.